God the glory and the praise. We want to encourage you this evening to hold to his hand. If you got two hands, I need you to clap just like this. Don't you be filled with fear. God's gonna bring. 
my nation needs you. I won't let go until you bless my soul. Father, I'm stretching my hands to the norm of the hell. Hey, 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 if God withdraw thyself from me, where the shall I go? Somebody ought to type it in the comments. You ought to keep on holding. I know the road is rough. Keep holding. The going is tough. Keep holding. The hill is hard. Keep
Listen. Glad I got Jesus down in my heart. Kings 
chapter 13 is where the word of the Lord is coming from today. Second Kings chapter 13. And we're going to start reading at verse 14. And I know we've been standing and sitting a lot in service today. But if you would just stand one more time for the reading of God's word. And if you don't have your Bibles, you can follow with us along on the screen. Now Elisha was fallen sick of his sickness. Whereof he died and Joash the king of Israel came down unto him and wept over his face and said, Oh my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And Elisha said unto him, Get a bow and arrows. And he took unto him a bow and an arrow and arrows. And he said to the king of Israel, Put thy hand upon the bow. And he put his hand upon it. And Elisha put his hands upon the king's hands. And he said, open the window eastward. And he opened it. And then Elisha said, shoot. Shoot your shot. And he shot. <laughs> he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance. And the arrow of deliverance from Syria. For thou shalt smite the Syrians in Aphek till thou have consumed them. And he said, take the arrows. And he took them and he said unto the king of Israel, smite upon the ground. And he smote thrice and stayed. And the man of God was, I like King James Version. He didn't say he was upset. He was wroth. Kind of let you know what that means, right? He was wroth with him and said, thou should have smitten five or six times. Then hadst thou smitten Syria until thou hadst consumed Syria. Whereas now thou shalt smite Syria thrice. And all of God's people said, amen. Look at your neighbor and then you can sit down and tell him, release the arrow. Release the arrow. So... I have a tendency, uh, and I was sharing with the uh, elders today, I don't really study to preach. I really study to know God, and I love the word of God. And so many of y'all realize that if you've been following our church uh, recently, Rob, we've been kind of circling around the prophetic leadership of Elijah and Elisha. We've been talking about that double portion anointing on the ministry of, of Elisha. And something that the Lord speaks to Elijah when Elijah wants to die because the weight of his assignment is too heavy. God says to Elijah, you can't die because you got some more to do. You can't die without fulfilling uh, your assignment. And there's two things you got to do. There's a, there's a Jehu that needs to be coronated. And there's a Haziel who's over Syria that needs to be anointed king and there's an Elisha that needs to be anointed to be a prophet so I don't overwhelm you with a bunch of names and a lot of scriptures because I realize most people get their Bible knowledge from a Facebook post but if you would just have a little patience with me I want, I want you to see this God tells Elijah I want you to anoint your successor I want you to anoint the king of my people and the enemy of my people. You that are taking notes, I want you to write this down. 
God doesn't just anoint you, but he also anoints the trouble that keeps you anointed. It's all anointed. Yes, even your opposition, even your challenges, the very thing you think is trying to kill you is a very thing that keeps you close to God. And I have peace about that because when my trouble is anointed, that means my trouble has an assignment and and it only can go so far. So when we look at the book of Kings and uh, Robert Williams and I have been discussing this book of Kings, the book of Kings can be a little complicated. We know it's broken to first and second Kings, but it's not only broken up into two books, it's also broken into two kingdoms. We're looking at a time where Israel is split north and south. And so when you're reading the book of Kings, it gets a little complicated because one moment it's talking about the nation or the kingdom of Israel. And it talks about the kingdom of Judah. So the northern kingdom, the Israel is split into 12 tribes. But the first, but the 10 tribes of the north is called Israel. And the two tribes of the south, which is Judah and Benjamin, is called Judah. And in 2 Kings chapter 13, we're introduced to a king of Israel called Jehoahaz. (laughs) Name your child that. For the sake of pronunciation and for the sake of preaching, I'll call him Jeho. Like I do everybody else, I give them a name. Jeho is king of Israel. He's fresh to the throne, but the Bible says he's continuing in the ways of the first king of Israel. Jeroboam was an evil king and he's continuing in that way. How is he continuing? In what way? The king of Israel, because the kingdom is split, he didn't want his inhabitants to go to Jerusalem because Jerusalem is in the southern kingdom. He wants to keep everybody close. So what he does, since he doesn't have a temple like Jerusalem, He'll create his own system of worship. Mm -hmm. He'll create his own system of worship. Instead of going by the way God has established, he creates his own system of worship. And he worships golden calves and he sets up an altar in the region of Dan just to keep the people close. What was it? It really wasn't a religious move. It was a political move. You that are writing, make sure you write this down. Don't allow your American politics to shift your kingdom posture. Just because we're in the region of Dan, the temple is still in Jerusalem. There are some people who have made an idol out of their politics. In your way of trying to be anti-abortion, in your way of trying to be anti-same-sex marriage, in your way of trying to be anti-anti-anti, you have shifted your posture from being kingdom-minded. That you now have built your platform on what you are against instead of what you're for. I'll move, I'll move. In the nation of Israel in this time, They built an altar to politics. And the Bible says they had what you call groves. When you read around, I think it's around verse 4, verse 5. Grayson, they had what you call groves. Oh, okay, they had beautiful landscape, right? What's wrong with that? No. It was a shady place. It was a place that was open 
to sexual immorality. And what we see in that ancient day of Israel is what we see now. Where there are platforms set up for politics and pornography. We are digesting so much pornography, even through commercials, that we don't even see it as pornography. I'm so glad y'all talked about how wonderfully anointed I am before I started this message. A platform that's lifted to the point, if you challenge people on their pornographic Facebook profiles, they'll say you're being too spiritual and spooky. Things that should be left to be seen by one's husband or one's wife has been displayed for the masses. I just need five people to help me preach and I'll be good. We have an altar to politics and we have groves for pornography. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, God is delivering us from shady places. But Israel now has been oppressed by the Syrians. And because they are being oppressed by the Syrians, the Bible says, even though this king was wicked, he pleaded to God. Even though he was messed up, he called out to God. I want to say this to you. No matter how bad you have messed up, you are one prayer away from redemption. I'm going to say it again. No matter how many mistakes you've made, no matter how many wrong turns you've made, you're really, the devil don't want you to know this, so I'm going to say it again. You're really only one prayer away from redemption. The sad thing is, you are one step away from it, and some people still won't pray. Some people still won't repent. Some people still won't ask for forgiveness. Hmm. This wicked king cried out. And the Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 13 that God spared them because he had pity for the people. Now look at this. God spared Israel because of Moses. God saved Jehoahaz because of his love for the people. Ultimately, what really saves is God's love. Mm. God delivered them. He prayed and God delivered. Right? Uh-oh. He, he prayed and God gave them another chance. He prayed. God gave them another chance. Read 1 Kings chapter 13. And they went back to the shady places. God delivered them, but they kept operating in, in shady places. God rescued them again. I'm talking about when it could have hit the fan and it really could have got bad, but instead of them turning to God, they went back to the groves. They went back to shady places. What is it about us that after we've been given chance after chance after chance, we still choose to live in the groves? Building an altar to our ideologies and hanging out in Snapchats, hanging out 
in whispers, hanging out and sneaking around, hanging out in shady places. If nothing should challenge you to repentance, it ought to be the love of God. Because when you didn't deserve it, come on, when you said you weren't going to do it again, but you turned around and did, we always talk about how we got pulled away. But what about the moments we made plans? What about the moments that we were so self-centered that we did what we wanted to do even when we knew the consequences? I know y'all don't like this message, but I got to preach what God told me to tell you. I need you to look at three people and tell them, come out of them shady places. Because it may not be this way next time. You never know when God, oh my God, y'all don't hear me. You ne- when God gives you a chance to come out, you better run for the door. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, don't stay too long. Don't. There's some people, I don't judge people who ended up in prison. I don't judge people who lost their marriage. I don't judge people who lost their ministry. And sometimes we look at, oh, God is so cruel. You don't know how many times God gave them a chance. You don't know how many warnings they get. You talk about how God flooded the whole earth. But Noah's preaching for over a hundred years. Mercy upon mercy. Grace upon grace. And if I tell you about God's love and I don't tell you about God's judgment, then I'm not giving you the full counsel of God's will. Scream at somebody, tell them I'm coming out of shady places. Come on, all of us. Oh, don't you, don't you? I know I said look at your neighbor and y'all was good. But I need you to look at your neighbor and tell on yourself that I'm coming out of shady places. God did not create me to operate in shadows. Anything in darkness is sin. Come on over here into the light. I need some holiness people in here to start hollering back at me. Even if you're guilty, shout I'm coming into the light. Jesus is light and he wants me to walk into light because I'm tired of bumping into stuff and tripping over things in darkness. It's too draining to live in darkness. I know y'all said it's hard to live right. It's hard to live wrong. The way of the transgressor is hard. I wish I had somebody there. All the sex you have and still come out empty. Come on somebody. All the drugs you smoke and you still got stress. Oh God. Coming out of coming out of shady places. I'm coming out of shady places. I said I'm coming out. I'm talking to somebody that's watching on. I'm coming out of shady places. I need somebody to scream. Come out. Come out. God is speaking to somebody. Come out. Come out. Come out. Come out. You better praise God for covering you while he gave you a chance to get it right. Come out. That's God's love. That's God's love. And so then, y'all be seated. I, I didn't mean to go up that loud. But the Bible says when the, when the chapter maneuvers and it comes to a different place in the text, we start seeing the, the reign of Joash. And I know some of you are going to follow behind me and read it later. And you're going to see two Joashes in the, in the text because at one time, there's a Joash that's ruling in the north and there's a Joash ruling in the south at the same time. But this Joash in Israel, even though he's new at the seat, he's doing what the other kings before him did. Kept worshiping at that altar. Kept hanging out in shady places. But Elisha 
is sick. And because Elisha is sick, he runs to the bedside because it seems like he honors Elisha, but he doesn't honor Elisha's God. There are some people who respect the preacher, but they don't respect God. You, you respect your parents, but you don't respect God. Somebody says, what are you talking about? Because when you're more concerned about them finding out, but the God that sees all, you're not moved. Oh my. He, he honors Elisha, but he doesn't really honor the God of Elisha. To the point he goes to Elisha and says, Elisha, I heard you sick. The chariots of the Lord. The, ch- the chariots of the Lord. What did he, what did he, why did he make a reference to the chariots of the Lord? Because they knew when the chariots showed up before, yeah. it was a sign that Elijah yeah. was being taken up. So he saw the signs of the changing of the guards. He saw the signs of a kingdom shift. I need you to look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, I'm in church on Saturday because I can feel the signs of a shift. I'm sensing. I know it doesn't make sense for some people in here. You think I've been acting strange lately, but I I can sense a kingdom shift. I I feel like a door is getting ready to open for me and I don't want to miss it. I need, if you're near somebody, you came to church with them, tap them, tell them, don't miss the move of God. That's a a door that's opening. I don't want to miss it. He said, the chariots, the chariots, because the chariot, Josh and Josh, the chariot was not Elijah's ride. It was Elijah's sign. See, some of you are going to miss it because something is your, that is your sign. You're going to try to jump on it. His transportation was a whirlwind. Mm. The chariot was just a sign. So, okay. he looked up and he says, the chariots of Israel, the chariots of Israel. He said, my father, my father, because he respects Elisha. But Elisha is sick and is about to die. Elisha. Yeah, yeah. Anointed prophet Elisha. Anointed prophet. The one that can cause food to multiply. The one that Raised a dead boy off of his deathbed. That Elisha. Operating in the supernatural. Doesn't keep you from experiencing natural challenges. Experiencing experiencing natural challenges. Does not negate the fact. That the supernatural is operating in your life. So you can be anointed and still battle with depression. You can be anointed and cast demons out of other folk and then you got to fight your own. You can be anointed and got faith for everybody else and then you got to struggle with your own doubt. You Come on, I'm trying to help you because some of us are trying to wonder, am I really anointed? Am I really called? Because if I'm called, why would I be dealing with this? The only reason why you are dealing with it is because everything God said about you is right and it's the enemy to try to make you doubt it. Just because you are anointed don't mean you will never be annoyed. You'll never be frustrated. You'll never have to deal with your own proclivities and your own challenges. It doesn't, you, don't, you don't get to escape 
a human experience because you're a supernatural being. Elisha is sick and it doesn't seem like he's worried about it. Let me, hit me Marie. Don't allow people to make you anxious about something you're not nervous about. I'm serious. Have, have you ever got some news or something happened and all of a sudden you was like, I mean, oh, y'all ain't experienced it yet? Y'all better come on a little deeper then. I'm talking about, have you ever got something and people are wanting and they tell you something and they stand back to wait to see how you're going to react? And you're like, well, I can't change it. I heard they're going to lay us all off. I mean, I'm still going to eat. My bills are still going to get paid. And if I lose this house, God will give me another house. I wish I had somebody in here. It's called peace. That surpasses all understanding. Have you ever taken something so well that it made you think you were going crazy? Am I really numb? No, baby. It's the peace of God. God will give you peace in the midst of a storm that should be making you go crazy. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, peace, 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 be still. I need somebody to praise God because when you should have had a nervous breakdown, he kept you in perfect peace. It, it doesn't mean I don't care. It means I'm not going to carry. to him I gave it to him how can you be so happy how can you be so light because I'm not going to carry it It ain't even, I don't, I'm preaching to somebody in here I don't know who it is but God told me to tell you it ain't your battle to fight hallelujah I said it ain't your battle to fight push your neighbor tell your neighbor you ain't got to carry this one have a peace about it God excuse me Got a little stirred up in the middle. <laughs> people looking, people looking at you. They'll start doing stuff to you to get a reaction out of you. They'll write something on social media to try to get a reaction out of you. They'll walk in the room and treat you some kind of way to get a reaction out of you. But sweetheart, if you want to carry it, you can carry it by yourself. That thing ain't on me no more. Come on, somebody. I'm not carrying it. You can hate me if you want to. I'm going to still love you. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I'm not anxious about what God has already taken care of. I'm not worried about what God has already worked out. I need about 50 people to open up your mouth and shout, I let it go. I let it go. I let it go. I let it go. Elisha, you sick? Are you not worried? Because this is where Elisha has a revelation. God can do it however he wants to do it. But I'm settling the fact that he does all things well. So Elisha like, don't, don't worry about me. My account is settled. You the, you the one got an enemy just trying to take you over. You worried about my sickness. 
You know, that's what I'm talking about people who in everybody else's business. While you're looking across the street, the devil coming through your back door. My business is straight with God. He said, you, you better be concerned about them serious. He said, get you, get you a bow and arrow. This is what he's saying. He says, I want to give y'all a strategy right quick. Everybody said, number one, you need another man's hand. Come here, Pastor Bruce. Ooh. I see you getting sick. You about to leave. That's not the subject right now. You worried about the wrong thing. You worried about who going to be over the prayer ministry. You just need to be concerned that somebody coming to pray. You worried about the wrong thing. You worried about that. He said, Give me, bring me your hand. He says, I'm going to put my hand on your hand. And I know what some of y'all going to say. All I need is Jesus. I don't need no pastor. I don't need no preacher. And if my family don't like me, I don't like them either. But you're going to need somebody in life. Yes, you need Jesus. But you need Jesus in somebody. We are the Lord's hands. Oh, y'all didn't got quiet on me in here. We are the Lord's feet need another man's hand he said bring me your hand I'm gonna guide your hand mm. hallelujah I come to prophesy that 13 people that will receive it God is getting ready to guide your selection hallelujah Whew. because for some of us every time we put our hand on something instead of life coming to it look like death comes to it and look like our hands are slippery look like our hands are shaky but God says I'm putting my hand on I'm bringing people into your life they can put their hand on your a prophetic hand then is the number two everybody said number two you need an open window he said I want you to I want you to look I'm gonna put my hand on your hand and then you have an open window an open window is an opportunity and let me tell you, you don't create the opportunity. You just got to be prepared when the opportunity comes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Waukesha. Help me preach. I need you to prophesy to somebody in your section. Tell them God has given you a window. Oh, no. no don't help them, Ronald. Because they said it like they were over at the Moss Hall on Liberty's campus. I need you to scream at somebody. Tell them this is your season of an open window I come I need somebody to praise God because you don't need windows all you need is one window I need you to scream over yourself shout this is my season of an open window I want you to take 10 seconds and shout for an opportunity that you didn't have I need somebody online open up your mouth and shout for an opportunity that you did not Get your, get your bow and arrow. Get your, get your bow and arrow. In other words, I'm giving you something to work with. Put something in your hand. All of you just keep sitting right here waiting for something to happen. You're going to miss it. He told him, you get a bow and arrow. Put something in your hand for God to work with. 
You need another man's hand. You need an open window. You need a bow and arrow. And then this fourth thing is, you need to be able to point it in the right direction. (laughs) Help me, Rogers. He said, point the arrow eastward. From where they would have been, eastward is where the Messiah would come. Also, eastward is where the sun would rise. In other words, he's saying, if you're pointing in the right direction, you're declaring this is not the end of a dynasty. This is the beginning of a new day. This is, in other words, the sun will rise and the bees will fly. I'll talk about that another day. Turn, Turn it eastward in the right direction. Maybe some of us have not experienced victory in our lives because we're exerting our energy in the wrong direction. Maybe this won't the right message, but I, I really feel this in God. He said, point in the right direction. And uh, he said, now, what I need you to do is release these arrows on the ground. Release it. He said, all right. Lift your hands. Open up your mouth. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. This job is not your career. It's your assignment. Gotta go to work on Monday. This is not just a marriage. It's a ministry. Your food is in there on the table. just enough going through the motion maybe he didn't think it meant anything but I want you to know it all matters what you thought was practice is really purpose it it matters how you handle where you are right now some of us are missing out on our future because of how we handle our now you can't mishandle this season and expect your next season to give you a great he had a window, he had the right direction, and he halfway did it. And the prophet rebuked him. He rebuked him. Some of you need to write this. Partial engagement produces short-lived victories. This is how you can come to a good prayer meeting and come to a good service and be like oh hallelujah yes y'all y'all pray over me y'all anoint me y'all scream over me y'all lay hands on me now we tell you now go home and release the hour of the lord's deliverance i'll read my bible one day i'll pray half of the time i might fast and then you experience a short-lived victory and then you start questioning does this work but partial engagement Halfway obedience, halfway trying will only produce short-lived victories. Listen to what the prophet said. If you would have kept striking with some sort of diligence, if you would have kept hitting it, keep knocking at it,
keeps striking it. Oh my God. I come to tell somebody who's been dealing with your own bondage. Just because you prayed one time don't mean that thing is all for you. You got to keep striking it. Hallelujah. You got, you got, you got the business idea. Yes, you got the book idea. But all of us, some of us in this room, all we got is a bunch of arrows, but we haven't released any of them. Well, you know what I've been thinking about? Yes, that's all you've been doing is thinking. You know what I'm about to do? Oh, you, you've been about to long enough. I'm about to go back to school. I'm thinking about, you got all these arrows. But those arrows are not going to work for you until you release it. Until you release it. I know this might not be one of your favorite messages, but it's one of your needed messages. It's one of those messages to tell you if you're going to experience breakthrough in your life, if you're going to experience deliverance in your life, it's more than one prayer service. You got to keep knocking it down. Every time it comes up, you got to. Or what Elisha says, Ryan, he says, now because of how you handled what I put in your hand, it's going to only hit it three times. And what some of us do, all we do is stir up our opposition. You make all these strong declarations. Oh, I'm over it. (laughs) I'm past it. Don't you let down your arrows. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, 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 hey. I'm past it and I'm getting past it. We, when we read the military strategy of God in the Old Testament, Daniel becomes hard to explain to atheists and agnostics and those who question the faith. They say, why would this loving God tell you to kill everybody? Come on, Patrick. You're a scholar. Why would this loving God allow people to be created and then give a military commander the assignment to kill everybody? Every man, woman, boy and girl. Why would Almighty God say kill the babies? This is the God y'all serve where this Bible, where he says, Saul, kill all of them. How cruel, how gory, how almost schizophrenic the God you worship. Then one moment he gives life and then he says, destroy all of them, even to the innocent children. Because God knows something that you haven't got a revelation of. If you let any part of it live, it has the potential to grow up and come after you again. And God says, I want you to destroy some things in your life, not just for you, but for future generations. Hallelujah. That's what happened. Some of our parents, some of our grandparents only hid it enough to do good in society. They only hid it good enough to stop drinking so much that they were drunk every week. They only hid it enough to suppress it, but they didn't hit it enough to kill it. So they'll tell you about their younger years. (laughs) But left enough of it to grow up to plague you. Hmm. 
Why am I preaching so hard? Because God told me to keep hitting it. God told me to keep striking because we came out of a deliverance service and when we came out of a deliverance service the other Friday night the spirit of retaliation came up strong it came up and started attacking marriages in our church it started attacking people psychologically I come but I come to tell the enemy I'm not coming off of it I'm coming to the enemy's camp I ain't got to have everybody some of you stay in a daze but I need about 50 warriors to stand up with me and declare Satan the blood of Jesus Satan, the blood of Jesus. I'm coming after the spirit of promiscuity. I'm coming after the spirit of molestation and incest. I'm coming after the spirit of divorce. I'm coming out of the spirit of division. Hey! Come on. Come on, I bind it. I bind it up. I bind it up. I push back the hand of the enemy. I push back the hand of the enemy. I slay the giants that defies the armies of the Lord. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Say that we're not afraid. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power, the spirit of love, and a sound mind. Come on, release the arrow. Come on, release the arrow. And we decree we declare to the atmosphere we come against every principality every high place every generational curse every religious spirit every demonic system that tries to conquer and tries to divide I come against the Felicia spirit the spirit of the Philistines that will try to shout and declare and try to cause us anxiety and cause us fear and we declare that we get up with a sword a sword of the Lord we stand with the rock who is Jesus and we take it down somebody release the arrow come on release the arrow I'm doing it for generations I'm not just doing it for me I'm doing it for generations I'm striking the target I'm striking the target I'm striking the I'm striking the target I'm striking the target. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Hey, there's an army you got to take down. There's an army in the spirit. You got to take it down. I'm not finished. I'm coming for it. I'm not pushing back. I'm not pulling back. If you're not accustomed to this type of church, I don't apologize. This is the way. This is how I fight my battles. Come on. Come on, release the arrow. Come on, release it. That's it. That's it. Come on, warriors. Come on, warriors. Come on, warriors. The enemy is fighting because you're closer. The enemy is fighting because you're closer. The enemy is taunting because you're tapping in. Come on, tap in. Come on, tap. Not another generation. Not another generation. Come on, Ram. I need you to release that arrow so our children won't have to deal with it. Come on, release the arrow. 
so our grandchildren won't have to deal with it. Release. If you got a prayer language, open up your mouth and release that over the whole shata. Hand it in the old shata. Roma, Baba, 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 spirit you suicidal spirit you suicidal spirit take it down release the arrow release the arrow release the a bipolar disorder bipolar disorder take it down take it down thoughts of divorce take it down agnostic thoughts atheist emotions take it into the ocean not another generation Release the arrow. I'm breaking it. 
that's been trying to keep you bound. But come on, release, release, release. Oh, somebody, you had a breaking point. And I'm not talking about a breakdown. You had a breakthrough point. And you gotta, you gotta take the next step of something and go for what you know. Go, go, go. When God, when Elisha told the king to strike and release the arrow, he misinterpreted that what he was doing was just something natural. Now some of you, when I said lift up your hands and open up your mouth, you're thinking it's something natural. Tell somebody this is spiritual. You better hope it's spiritual. Because what you're dealing with is not natural. That's why that thing don't want to let you go. He don't want to let your blood. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. After that, God told me to do that deliverance service. I was in Florida. And I was up preaching on a Tuesday night. And the Lord says, when you go back to Lynchburg, call a, a deliverance service. I got back here on Wednesday and says, Friday we're going to have a deliverance service. And there was a crowd of people in this church. And we began to pray. And demonic spirits were uprooted out of people's lives. But right after that, there was a spirit of backlash. Start coming every direction. And if the enemy can't get you, he will attack the people around you. And the enemy spoke to me. Said it will be in your best interest to pull back. And it began to try to taunt me. Say, it will be in your best interest. Hallelujah. To pull back. Just do your little prayer service. Preach a good message. Don't ruffle no feathers. Because if you keep talking about demonic influences, the religious community going to attack you. <laughs> and that spiritual, I'm going to tell y'all, it was so real. It was one thing after the other. And I'll never forget the night I was wrestling in the spirit and I got up out of my bed. I said, you are not going to have a foothold. You're not going to have a foothold. Because you know how you sit still and then stuff start playing in your mind? Everything that's coming again. I said, you're not going to have, uh-uh. No, 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 no. This is the Lord's treasure. These people, these people God gave me is the Lord's treasure. And I start, th- I start seeing y'all's faces. And some of you, I knew some personal things you were going through. And I began to pray in the Holy Ghost. And then I came to the church. And I, be, I said, I'm going to get up to the church. I got a meeting. And after this meeting, I'm going to the sanctuary. And I'm going to cover the seats in the sanctuary. I went to come outside to get in my vehicle. To the parking spot that's designated for me. And my vehicle was gone. My, and I, know the, I knew the payment had been made. And I'm saying, where's my vehicle? Where's, where's my vehicle? Come to find out, they towed my vehicle out of my spot. They said they didn't know the truck was mine. You have to realize, I'm the only person that lived in the building for several months. So my car is the first car. So all this stuff started running through my head. Everything from racism. I'm going to get y'all. I want to try to hear me. 
I start thinking racism. I start thinking all these reasons why you would have towed my vehicle. Then I realized, I said, oh, no, no, no. This is spiritual. So instead of exhausting myself on trying to fight a spiritual battle with carnal means, I went on my my phone and got on the Uber app and said, pick me up because I'm still coming. And I got on the phone. I got on the phone with the with the people of the building. I says, I'm going to church and I'm going to pray. And when I come out of prayer, what you took, I wanted to be in my parking lot at my church. I come to tell somebody in this room, this is a spiritual battle. But everything the enemy took, command the devil, put it back. Put it back. Children back where they belong. Put my family back where they put my money back where somebody shall put it back. No, you, you can don't, don't ask for permission. Shall put it back. distract the captain the captain would not be able to release instructions so he'll get in the head of the leader make you feel nobody's going to support you you're in it by yourself he'll get in the head because if I can consume the head of the leader then they won't be sober to release strategy and instructions Tell your neighbor, the devil is not after you. He's after what you're carrying. Because some of you got the destiny of your family down in your belly. Uh, Shannon, did you hear what I said? Some of you got the Somebody lay hands on your belly and shout right now. Shout for your destiny. That's what I'm telling you. You need to confront everything in your camp. Everything. Oh, you got to come. Hey, hallelujah. You got to confront everything in your camp. That's if you got to turn the arrow to people that you love. I'm not coming after you as a person. I'm coming after that spirit. Because I can't give space to it in my space. Ooh, my I can't. See, some of you been giving a courtesy to people who've been leaving the back door propped he wanna he wanna get a hold to the head to the captain and I'm, I'm gonna I just wanna help y'all from a church structure alright from the church structure cause we have an administrative structure and in the administrative structure of our church we have the bishop and the executive pastor administratively and then we have the church administrators we got Delisa and Claude and 
Enoch and all of them to work in church. That's administratively, right? Okay. Spiritually, we have Bishop and Pastor Marvin and Pastor Westgate and the elders and the deacons, right? That's the spiritual care, the pastoral care of the church. Prophetically, prophetically, it goes from the prophet of the house to the musicians of the house. And that's why I've never settled for y'all to think y'all was some gig in this church. Because it goes from the prophet to the musicians. I said, goes from the, oh, I got scripture for this. Saul, you're going to leave my presence and you're going to fall among prophets and musicians. Second, Chronicle says, and the family of Asaph prophesied with their instruments. Oh my God. In the New Testament, it talked about whatever sound we release prophetically would tell us either to retreat or go forward. So the enemy would try to poison the mind of the prophet and then he'll come after God's minstrels. Mm. I don't care how many people talk about how bad you play. You better make sure you got the cadence of God and the cadence of God in your sound is established in your life. Why? Because the destiny of Israel is leaning on the sound that you release. And that's why when the enemy gets ready to attack us administratively, there's one strategy. Then when he gets ready to attack us spiritually, that's one strategy. Then when he gets ready to attack us prophetically, that's another strategy. And we're not ignorant concerning Satan's device. Hey, my, I'm telling you, you better know, you got to realize, in your house, when the enemy starts operating a wedge between you and your spouse, and where there should be conversation, there's silence. And the silence is speaking louder than the words. You got to be careful during this pandemic that you're in separate rooms on your phone talking to other people more than you talking to each other. Oh, I know I'm in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You got to be careful that you got to keep taking your smart device to the bathroom and staying longer than it's necessary. Hmm. The enemy will wage, he'll wage war. And we hear wage war. And we're accustomed. We're accustomed to demonic manifestations of the vomiting and the rolling on the floor. But it takes discernment. Hallelujah. When he weaves himself in our lives. Hey, and when you pick up a serpent spirit. I said, when you pick it up, when you pick it up in your, when you pick it up. He said, I got got to strike it. I got to strike it until it's destroyed. Because if God has given me a chance, if he heard me the first time and he brought me out, God forbid if I return to the groves. Because what you don't destroy becomes your safe haven. What What you don't destroy. Ask me how I know. Because in my own life, I gave courtesy to things. Have y'all ever seen the vines at the Denver Avenue house? There were some vines from the other house next door. 
They were so pretty. They were, they were pretty. Beautiful vines. And we didn't, we didn't cut them. We didn't destroy them because we were distracted by their beauty. Until we looked up. And what we labeled as beautiful started to take over our property. And how did you cut it now? Where do you cut it from? It's so entwined. There was one time I thought I was cutting the root and I was really cutting the branch. Where do you cut it? Now what I want to get into, I'm wrapped up in it. And it's taking over. And the worst thing you can do, Morgan, I'm speaking to everybody and to you. The worst thing you can do is to look at other people's lives and consider what's okay for you. Go somewhere else and the standard won't be so high. Standard won't be so high. But because of what's in you, you'll die. Did you just say it? Yes! Because I know what it is to be out of the will of God. And although I was walking around, I was dead. I was, I was dead. I'm past my time. I know I am. I know I am. I know I am. But I know what the Lord told me. Release that, release that arrow. This is why. Because some of you, that arrow, you, it is, it's, it's a God-given idea. Some of you got a God. You got a God-given idea. You got a God-given purpose. You got this. You got, a, you got an innovation. You got an idea. And for some reason, you're willing to carry it around, but never release it. The enemy has none to you. And now you looked up, and five years have gone by. How many can be honest with me? You wasted some time. At a whole lot of time. And you know what I say, God? Give me another chance, Lord. Give me another chance, Lord. I'm going to make good on it. He let me out. I went back to the heel of idols. I went back to hanging out in groves. But out of his love, when I cried out, he rescued me again. And I'm rescuing you. And you got a, a pouch full of arrows. I'm guiding your hand. Maybe the king felt he wasn't worthy enough. Maybe he felt like something this simple could not give me the results that I need. <laughs> something this, let me guide your hand. Strike your target and don't halfway do it. Don't do it enough to stir it, but not to kill it. This message was because Friday, some of you, you've been praying and you've been coming after your giants.
open in the book of Esther there's a Haman Andrew that wants to kill all the Jews he wants to kill all the Jews he's weaved himself in the king's court he said I'm going to destroy all of God's people I'm going to cause a genocide he's Haman the descendant of Agag Danny, the only issue with that is all of Agag's descendants are dead. Now, don't y'all remember? The other front scene, God told Saul to kill all of them. And he killed all of them, but, but one, King Agag. But don't worry. When Samuel got there the next day, he took a sword killed the king Agag so if all of them were dead and the king died the next day how in the world are we in Persia where there's a queen Esther and there's a descendant of Agag trying to kill all of the Jews because Samuel did not kill him until the next day Jewish tradition says between those two days King Agag laid with the woman and she ran away with his seed I'm coming for the runaway I, because it, it got a little distance on me I can't grab it with a sword some stuff I should have brought closure to and I gave a courtesy to it I can't put my hand on it but I got an arrow I'm about to release hey 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 some stuff I should have dealt with last year and I didn't deal with it there's some things and some people I should have cut off and I didn't oh but I got an arrow got an arrow because you will not plague another generation of my family. Just lift your hands in the presence of the Lord. Lord, I thank you for the words you sent to me. I thank you for the words you sent to me. Because it's your word that I've hidden in my heart that keeps me from sinning against you. Is your word that shows me where I am and where I should be going. Is your word that aligns me. So teach my fingers to battle. Teach my hands to war. Hallelujah. Sober me from the spirit of sedation. Make me alert and aware. Make me alert and aware. Make me alert and aware. Strategy and precision. I can't do holy living without holy strategy. Strategy and precision. Lord, those who don't have the Holy Spirit, fill them and baptize them. 
train us for holy war that the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God tear down every altar tear down every altar tear down every altar tear down every altar we're we, we ready to let you go because I, I feel the altar ministry I don't know about you, but whew, my feet feel light and I feel like I can run on and see with it. The race is not given. To the swift, nor to the strong. To the one that until the Sometimes you'll have to walk all along, but I know things will work out. Yes, they will for the good of Jesus, it'll work out for the good of them. Oh, 
fix it. I know that Gina will fix it. Right now. Right now. and gentlemen performing live from the Rialto Center for the Performing Arts in Atlanta, Georgia. Put your hands together right now from Brooklyn, New York, James Hall and Worship. 